Om Jnanati Rantasya Jnanam Jana Shalakala Takshuran Militam Yena Tasman Shri Gurudeva Today I'm going to discuss the principle of following authority in relationship to the instruction from Srila or the direction from Srila Prabhupada that he wanted devotees to be independently thoughtful, which there appears to be some dichotomy here. So we'll discuss that. Acceptance of authority is indispensable within every society, for without recognizing some persons as superior and following their instructions, no society can be organized or regulated. Acceptance of authority is particularly incumbent in Vedic society, where, wherein it's, there are rules and regulations for, or just the whole way of life is like that, that children submit to their parents, even if the children are very old, and the parents are still alive, they submit to disciples, submit to their gurus, a wife to her husband, and to his parents, lower castes to brahmanas and then vaishas and shudras to shudras to kshatriyas and all accept the authority of shastra everyone comes underneath the authority of shastra because it is given by the supreme authority the supreme personality of godhead so sometimes people think that following authority it's not spiritual there's this mayavad idea that spiritual means you're just Spiritual and following authority is something material. However, as I say, it's Mayavad because spiritual life begins with, real spiritual life means with accepting this supreme authority of the supreme authority and understanding ourselves to be subordinate. So, subordinate means you, you have to accept this direction and serving and real service doesn't mean to do whatever I like whenever I like however I like but uh, to act according to the desire of he who is to be served and that is received in parampara even in the spiritual world there are there are leaders of groups who and sub-leaders, and they all cooperate together to serve Krishna. Especially uh, in organizations that have difficult tasks, organizations are formed for the purpose of executing some function or functions. And those that have uh, particularly difficult tasks to they have, they, they require more discipline and more authority. Over the road we have this gambling club, is it? What is it? So there's probably not much discipline in there or, or authority, but something is there. They have rules also. Even for their simple activities they have rules, but they don't have a very, it's not a very challenging task, but an army has a very challenging task. An army discipline is absolutely required. Even to the extent that it's unreasonable, but the, the, the principle is 
drilled in that you have to follow authority because without discipline no army can, can work they say that you give some order in the battlefield and say well let's take a vote on it and by the time you, you take a vote you're all dead so even if you do follow it you may be all dead but uh, the idea is to make the other party all dead that's the idea so Iskan is a preaching movement it's fighting against Maya both within the hearts of its members and in the world at large which is not very much inclined to accept Krishna consciousness so uh, it can only function properly if it's if it's <coughs> well organized which means that there has to be discipline also here's some quotes from Prabhupada even if one becomes equal to the this is about yeah, uh, yeah even if one becomes equal to the spiritual master in education and knowledge still one has to maintain the disciplinary principle of obeying one chief man in any establishment if such discipline is not maintained no establishment can make any progress obedience is the first law of discipline we are thinking of a great worldwide organization which is not possible to be executed if there is disobedience. So in the modern age, people tend, especially people tend to distrust and disobey authorities due to disappointment. Uh, the actual form of authority is supposed to, uh, is supposed to be benevolent. The parents, they expect the children to follow them, and the children do so. Uh, fear is there also, but, but they trust that the parents are acting for our benefit then. And previously that was there with, with kings, and they used, they were trained in the Vedic culture and even in the West. They, the kings were, the idea was that they're supposed to be ruling on behalf of God, and they they maintain discipline in the state to protect the righteous, to uphold religion and to punish the miscreants. So people actually loved their kings, not like in Nepal at the present time, where it seems that most of the people in the country would, be, would prefer that he was dead, and they're working on fulfilling that ambition as far as they can. So, uh, people, they, they tend to love their authorities because they feel that they are protecting us, they care for us. And that was at all levels, even the landlord, who was like a small-time king. It was expected that he would protect the citizens and actually be concerned for their uplift in all respects. But that's changed, and the... Kings were thrown out all over the world, all their power stripped away from them due to misuse. And it's come to the point where it's normal that for children not to trust their parents and not to have even much regard for them. Because their life is so much centered on personal sense gratification 
But the parents just think that the child is another object of my sense gratification. Where mostly they're not fulfilling sense gratification, they're interfering with it. And so it's like it's some kind of burden to bring them up and then throw them out of there. You're still at home, you're 18 years old, get out of here, I looked after you long enough. That's their way of thinking. Of course, that's a complex situation because of the welfare state and then there's no need for the... With the welfare state, then the, then the, there's no need for the children to look after the parents in their old age. And so, the parents don't foster that from their children in the beginning. They kind of feel, this is a life, you're going to... I'm looking after you very nicely, now you look after me later. It's just not there. So authority has been rejected all over the world. Of course, in the Western countries most, they're most advanced in degradation, but it's coming everywhere. And uh, <clears throat> even the teacher, teachers are, are not respected. It's just, an, and they, they themselves, they're not respectable. They're, it's just a job, that's all. They don't care for the students. They won't maintain any relationship with them afterwards. So as I was saying yesterday, everything's just based on money. It's a business culture. Everything is just judged in terms of money and sense gratification. So, authority is just there to try to keep some kind of, to try to keep it getting out of hand too much. That's all. So that someone doesn't uh, you know, kill others or steal from them. There are some rules maintained in society, but, but there's no feeling of love or any such thing. So this is the situation in the modern world. However, um, Prabhupada from the very beginning uh, instituted the system of authority within Islam. with some more quotes from Prabhupada. A devotee should always remain humble and meek, especially to the authorities and devotees. Any decision, however important, should be confirmed by some authority. That makes the matter perfect. Obedience must be there, so by being submissive in this way and following the direction of the temple leaders is practicing the knowledge of Krishna consciousness. Disciple means discipline. Without discipline there cannot be any spiritual progress. Therefore our system is to follow the authority or our superiors. No one, not that we can... Independently question, not this is right and this is wrong. That is not the way. So my best advice to you is that without questioning, you follow the instructions given to you by Vishnu Jan and other leaders and do exactly as they say, then everything will be alright. Another quote from Prabhupada. The GBC authority must be accepted under all circumstances. I want that everyone will cooperate nicely with the GBC. We are on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. One side Maya, the other side Krishna. So the regulated principles of a battlefield, namely to abide by the order of the commander, must be followed. Otherwise it is impossible to direct the fighting capacity of the soldiers and thus defeat the opposing elements. So uh, this idea of uh, they're trying to foster in the Western world of democracy and total egalitarianism, everyone's equal in all respects. It's, it's ridiculous. Yes, I was giving some examples how they're trying to forcibly make women and men the same in all respects, overlooking 
the fact that it can never possibly be so. In, 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 at least in one respect, that men will never give birth to children. There is one case in, given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, and that's unusual. Remember that in the ninth canto? Comes up, I can't remember, it's Manhata Summer. Somehow or other, the child got inside his body and came out. So, uh, and the fact that uh, by the arrangement of nature, for those who don't believe in God, uh, the childbearing function brings with it a different kind of natural psychology that they, that they won't accept. So they're trying to impose that all are equal in all respects. And, and it seems pretty clear that after all these decades of trying to make blacks and whites equal and, but in America, but they're not put this out, otherwise I'm going to get shot. <laughs> but uh, they're, not, they're not coming, the blacks in general and are not coming. The tendency is for them to remain backward and they say it's discrimination and all this. But it could be suggested that there is some inherent genetic difference. If we say that the blacks in general are better at sport, no one will say that's wrong. It's discrimination against the whites. But if you say that blacks in general are, are not so good in academics, they're less intelligent, then, oh, you can't say that. So, this is the foolishness. I don't think there's any, they're making, spending millions of dollars trying to make women and men the same academically. Why don't they spend millions of dollars trying to make whites and blacks the same in basketball? Basketball is full of, it's all blacks. And Yugoslavians. So, so, a few Yugos here and there. So, foolish, very anyway, it's a foolish society. So, Prabhupada was quite strong on the principle of following authorities, stressing that, uh, always stressing that Krishna must be in the center. We see that there, there were. There were attempts, there have been attempts in the hippie era in America to make, and other countries, to make utopian kinds of communities in which everyone just lives together anarchically and there's no real rules and none of them are. Otherwise what happens if you, don't, if you want to make everything up for discussion, then you spend half the morning discussing the spoon fell on the floor, who will pick it up? Some person said, well, how can you tell me to pick it up? You know, we're all democratic here. You know, I did this service, and then, okay, let's sit and have an Ishtagoshti, and then we discuss for half the day, who will pick the spoon up off the floor? It becomes ridiculous. Prabhupada said that even if authorities in Iskon is being uh, perceived as being wrong, still the principle of following them should be adhered to. Question: If there is a devotee who is not yet who is not yet purified, is the temple president a representative of you, Prabhupada? You carry out his order. That is purification. If you create your own atmosphere, then you become impure. If you simply carry out the order of your spiritual master, then you will be benefited. If you do your own business, it is not good. You cannot do anything which is not ordered by your spiritual master. Of course, everyone should have sense. It is not that we are dull stone. 
But the basic issue should be to carry out the orders of his spiritual master, that is your president. Then, question. Sometimes we have the experience of someone in authority who is obviously not following your instructions. Kaupad, that you have to judge. You should know that this man is appointed and he gets here by spiritual process. You must follow him. You cannot judge him. Question. Then we simply wait for further questions from you and keep Prabhupada. No further instructions. So long as he is your president, you must follow him. If he is wrong, that will be corrected by the spiritual master. You cannot correct him. Obedience is the first discipline. If you do not obey the representative, the authority, then there cannot be any discipline. Then everything will be topsy-turvy. If he is wrong, that will come out. You should not try to rectify. Question. Our advancement is the same? Prabhupada, yes. So Prabhupada was stressing a very high level of surrender to the authorities. And I, I'm not sure if this is right in writing anyway, maybe it is. But we always used to hear that the temple president is the representative of Prabhupada. I can imagine it's like that. There's Prabhupada of the GBC. Like that, so. The representatives. Um, now, this high level of submission to authority could have built into it the same possibility of misuse as happened with the priests in Europe, with the kings who were thrown out, that they, they had a high level of power and they misused it as the power, as, as the saying goes, Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Actually, corruption can only be there if the seed of corruption is within the heart. So if someone is pure, then they, they won't become corrupted by any amount of power or temptation. But, as Prabhupada pointed out, almost everyone he has to initiate is not liberated. So the possibility of Misuse of power is there even in a spiritual organization. And Prabhupada discusses that in another letter, which is also uh, well known, especially the, the line that the Krishna consciousness movement is meant for training men to be independently thoughtful. I'll read more. It's quite a long quote. I have heard from Jayatirtha that you want to make a big plan for centralization of management, taxes, monies, corporate status, bookkeeping, credit, like that. I do not at all approve of such a plan. Do not centralize anything. Each temple must remain independent and self-sufficient. That was my plan from the very beginning. Why are you thinking otherwise? Once before you wanted to, to do something centralizing with your GBC meeting, and if I did not interfere, the whole thing would have been killed. Do not think in this way of big corporation, big credit, centralization. These are all nonsense proposals. Only thing I wanted was that book printing and distribution should be centralized. Therefore, I appointed you and Balimardan to do it. Otherwise, management, everything should be done locally by local men. Accounts must be kept. Things must be in order and lawfully done. But that should be each temple's concern, not yours. Krishna consciousness movement is meant for training men to be independently thoughtful. 
and competent in all types of departments of knowledge and action, not for making bureaucracy. Once there is bureaucracy, the whole thing will be spoiled. There must be always individual striving and work and responsibility, competitive spirit, not that one shall dominate and distribute benefits to the others, and they do nothing but beg from you and you provide. No, never mind there may be botheration to register each center, take tax certificate, each become separate corporations in each state. This is, in America, Prabhupada wanted that in each state ISKCON should be registered separately, whereas in India he wanted that there should be one organization registered. So it's the organizational aspect is a little different. Um, That will train men how to do these things and they shall develop reliability and responsibility. That is the point. I'm a little observing now, especially in your country, that our men are losing their enthusiasm for spreading on our programs of Krishna conscious movement. Otherwise, so many letters of problems are coming dissatisfied. That is not a very good sign. The whole problem is that they are not following the regulated principles that I can detect. Without this, enthusiasm will, will be lacking. Um, from his use of the word regulated principles or the term, I understand as we'll see a little later on, the proper means not just the four regulated principles, but he means rising early, attending the classes, being engaged in service, all those things. The whole problem is they're not following the reg regulated principles that I can detect. Without this, enthusiasm will be lacking. Even mechanically following, and if he gets gradual understanding from the class, he will come to the point of spontaneous enthusiasm. This spontaneous loving devotional service is not so easy matter. But if one simply sticks to the rules and regulations like rising early, chanting 16 rounds, chanting Gayatri, keeping always clean, then his enthusiasm will grow more and more and if there is also patience and determination, one day he will come to the platform of spontaneous devotion. Then his life will be perfect. All this I have told you in Nectar of Devotion. So I do not think the leaders are themselves following nor they are seeing the others are following strictly. That must be rectified at once. Each center remain independent, that's all right, but the president and other officers must themselves follow and see the others are following the regulated principles carefully and giving them good instructions so that they may understand nicely why this tapasya is necessary. And GBC and sannyasis will travel and see the officers are doing this, and if they observe anything lowering of the standard, they must reform and advise, or if there is some discrepancy, I shall remove it. Of course... If new men are coming, they must be, uh, they may not be expected immediately to take to our regulated principle cent per cent. Therefore, we should not be so anxious to induce them to live in the temple. Anyone who lives in the temple must agree to follow the rules and regulations without fail. So if some new man moves in with us, he may become discouraged if he is forced in this way. And... Uh, I want to see a few sincere devotees, not many false devotees or pretenders. Robert says, uh, the point is to be engaged in doing... There is some symptom of missing the point, Prabhupada says. The point is to be engaged in doing something for Krishna. Never mind what is that job, but being in, so engaged in doing something very much satisfying to the devotee that he remains always enthusiastic. So it's quite a long letter, a well-known letter. Um, 
Now, some of the things Prabhupada's pointing out here about uh, the leaders, how they simply hand out benefits to others. Uh, Prabhupada's saying about training men to be independently thoughtful, uh, so sometimes this the quotes I gave about authority these are often quoted that you know you just have to follow 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 whatever I say and then again this quote is sometimes given to say that you, know, you don't have to just follow you just be independently thoughtful and many times Prabhupada speaks against blind following so the two things appear to be contradictory. Um, sometimes we we, we see it, it's an easy way of management actually. If you if you just uh, control everything everyone does, but for people who have that propensity, you don't you can't go and pass water without permission or something like this. So. It's easy, theoretically. I heard a Tamil president once, this was many years ago, saying that what I want is a, a band of robots who just do whatever I say. All these people, it would be so much easier to manage. So that's one way of doing things. That you, there's one person, they just take charge and they tell everyone what to do and the others do it. But we see that we we tend to get the kind of people that we aim at or that we preach to. So we'll generally get not very thoughtful people will join an institution where the thinking is taken charge of for, of for you. Some people like that. People of some people like Shudra mentality. They like that. They like to be just you do this, you do that. I don't want. But Prabhupada wanted to train people as brahmanas to lead society. So brahmanas should be independent and thoughtful. Independently, now what is this independently thoughtful? That means, it doesn't necessarily mean to think how to be independent. Because we learn from Shastra that we are dependent. Nitya, nityanam, chaitanas, chaitanam, ekobahanam, yogavibhati, karma. It is the illusion of material life that we can be independent. And everyone has to follow Shastra. But independently thoughtful means one is using the mind to understand Shastra. Just to follow, everyone is enjoying to follow Shastra. But why, for what purpose, and how by following we should get the actual result of following Shastra, that requires some intelligence to understand. Udhared Atmanam. One should elevate himself by the mind. What does that mean? What does it mean when Krishna, he discusses so much in the Bhagavad Gita about the intelligence? Does it mean that you discuss all this and then turn it off and let someone else's intelligence? No, no. Buddhi yoga mapashutya. One should take to buddhi yoga. One should utilize the intelligence to understand what is Shastra and how it is applied in life. Krishna could have told Arjuna, 
Hey, listen, I'm God, you do what I say. Okay. Could have told him, but Arjuna, like every other jiva, has minute independence. So unless he's convinced why he should follow, then he may follow out of fear for some time, but that won't last. It won't stand. As Prabhupada said several times, force will not stand. It won't last. And we see where everyone, when it, wherever anyone is a, simply trying to rule by force, it doesn't last. I, either within Iskorn or outside of Iskorn. After some time it gets thrown out. So, <clears throat> Krishna teaches us in Bhagavad Gita, what are the effects of the three modes of material nature? What are the interactions of the mind, the intelligence, the ego, all these things? He teaches all these things so that we can apply it in life. We can see what's going on all around us and learn how to distinguish between spirit and matter so that we can come to the spiritual platform. Now, when we say distinguish between spiritual matter, what is that? This is matter, okay. And spirit is just something kind of fuzzy and vague. The, the basic difference between spirit and matter is the intention in how something is employed or the motivation of a person. Anything used in Christian service is spiritual. The microphone is spiritual. What's spiritual about it? Spiritual about it is being used in Christian service. So, what is the intention? If the intention is to serve Krishna then that is spiritual. If it's not, it's material. And spiritual and material, uh, they can mix up. Someone someone comes with the, to Krishna consciousness with the intention of serving Krishna, but some material motivation also. So if that's not cleansed, then that may remain a, a factor in his motivation. So a brahmana or... or one who's actually intelligent, uses his intelligence guided by Shastra to be independently thoughtful and to recognize what is what, what's going on. There's, uh, on the point of following authority, there was one case where in New York, the GBC's wife was cooking chicken in the deity kitchen and having it offered to the deities. So, when Prabhupada came, he found out and he stopped it. They say the problems began after Prabhupada left, but there were some unusual things going on even before Prabhupada left. So, when Prabhupada came, uh, he asked that, why didn't anyone protest? And he said, well, he's, he's the GPC, you know, he's his wife, and how can he protest against the GPC? Prabhupada said, well, it's good that you had the attitude to follow the authority. He said, especially for the younger devotees, but he said that the leading devotees, they should have done something. They should have had more discrimination. And only one who protested, who was actually Gopal Krishna, now Goswami, who was Prabhu at the time, was married. I'm not sure if he was married, he was before his marriage. Anyway, Prabhupada congratulated him. 
because you're an actual devotee and you didn't want to see this nonsense go on. So Prabhupada, his quotes that we should follow authority, there is, uh, it's not an absolute consideration. Uh, Prabhupada is saying if there's some defect, it will be rectified by the GBC, or if, or if that doesn't work by me. So, now Prabhupada isn't personally present to rectify in that way. What should an, how should an, what does it mean to be independently? Well, I spoke about it. And how can this independent thoughtfulness be exercised in situations where it appears that authority is not being exercised in a very befitting way for the, for the benefit of the devotees? And generally this kind of question no one likes to discuss, it just, it will just follow. But, uh, like I say, you get the kind of people you, you preach. If you say, just follow, then you'll get blind followers who, who, uh, who can't become preachers, who can't understand Krishna consciousness very deeply, or how to apply it in people's lives. They can never go out and become independent leaders who are capable of spreading the Krishna conscious movement. Now, I'm discussing this because, of course there's a very great simplification, but we do see in many parts of the world that there are, even today in Islam, uh, kind of leadership regimes, you could say, which are dominated by people who demand more or less blind following and all and, and in some cases create an atmosphere of fear um, mostly we don't find that in Europe or America it was there previously but as happened with democracies and the king was thrown out or the king, in, in the case of Viscon, uh, the, king the kings were thrown out by Maya in many cases. Of course, like I say, it's a simplification because many of them were devotees doing good service. But there was this, especially in the Zonla Charya days, there was this very heavy kind of leadership. And uh, if anyone said anything, hey, you think there's something wrong, then they were thrown out, sometimes physically thrown out of the temples and called India snakes and all this kind of thing. But the whole system broke down when it was seen that the kings had no clothes on. And, uh, and, and now in Europe and America, everyone's just independently thoughtful. <laughs> and there's no authority. No one accepts any authority and it's just a complete mess. And, uh, so... It's gone too far the other way. So how are we to find the balance? Whereas here and in, in some places still in the West, there's like this top. Here in India, 
there's still in some places some top-heavy kind of leadership in which in which everything goes through the leader and devotees are living in a palpable sense of fear. They're not happy in Krishna consciousness. It's very easy to see. Dealings are not very sweet and they don't have to be because things are running on. And even if even if some of the people leave, the leaders don't care because more people join and then they train them up and when they go out and they, they join the Gorya Mata, they go back to meat-eating or something, and they don't care. You know, the main principle of Krishna consciousness is to follow the leader, and I'm the leader. And they're able to get some things done, build temples, and it looks good from the outside. But there's, there's no real development of, of people's Krishna consciousness. So it's, and we find here in India it's often even difficult to say anything about it because, you know, who are you going to say to the leaders are in position and that's it. You're not going to just, you have to follow, that's all. The only thing you can take up is if there's some, something like, you can maybe take it up if there's some, well, if there's some breaking of the regulated, four regulated principles, then you can try to take something like that. But even in the case of corruption and this and that, it's very difficult to, unless it becomes really extreme, but uh, it's, it's very difficult to take up. So, where's the balance between following authorities and being independently thoughtful? I don't think any particular line can be said that this is this is the particular it would be different in different circles and different with different people but the main please go wash your hand and don't put it on your mouth you want to know why the hand is dirtier than the, the mouth is dirtier than the anus <laughs> and Prabhupada said and he's the authority <laughs> and personally so so everything should be done in a spirit of Krishna consciousness easiest that's the solution to everything all problems what is the problem what is the solution to the problem of not enough rainfall Krishna consciousness everyone should just stop breaking all the regular principles become pious and chant Hare Krishna there will be no problem with water or anything else. But in the meantime we're living in a situation where everyone's not Krishna conscious. So what to do? We have to get good we have to find out good association wherever we can find it. That's all I can say. Persons who we who we feel are, are interested in our spiritual uplift and are uh, capable of guiding us. And interest in our spiritual uplift means they, they train us to be independently thoughtful. And this concept has come up, I think it was adopted from Stephen Covey actually, but uh, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But anyway, it's a good principle that leaders should 
It's Krishna consciousness. The leader should think of himself as a servant. But Kavi says he should be a facilitator. A good leader is a good facilitator. So, a leader in Krishna consciousness should be a good servant of others. And he has some, may have more experience than others, but his motive is to try to help others come up. Not to keep, keep them down, that you're afraid they'll come up ahead of me. Then you can you can only get mediocre people. We find in some places that in our temples in India that it's dominated by people of not very high education or intelligence, and they don't want educated people to join because they're afraid that they'll go ahead of me and then I'll lose my position. It's it's a well-known symptom. It's been going on. I first heard of it shortly after I arrived in India, so it's nothing new. So, uh, we should find that kind of association leadership by which we feel they're actually interested in seeing us develop in Krishna consciousness. Rules and regulations should be there. And we should follow authority, but uh, there's that saying that of commanding respect rather than demanding respect. Those who actually command our respect are those who are respectable by their very nature. I don't know Devamrit Prabhu very well, but it seems to me you can tell better, because you've been with him for some time. But he's widely recognized as a very capable leader, so much so that they dragged him out of Belgaum to put him in Vrindavan, where he's Everyone's satisfied with his leadership, but he's very soft-spoken and humble. He doesn't, from what I've seen, he doesn't demand any respect. Uh, and, but uh, everyone respects him. He doesn't seem, if you speak to him, he wouldn't seem like a leader. But he's one of the most sought-out leaders in our movement. Because he, he leads by his qualities. So, of course, not... Everyone has a different nature and not everyone... We can't stereotype that everyone must be like this. But everyone should have the good intelligence to, to learn from those who have good qualities. So, those who command respect rather than demand it, they, they, that will find a very good leaders in Krishna consciousness. Of course, even Prabhupada sometimes he demanded that you follow. Sometimes Prabhupada said that devotees would be arguing with him. Prabhupada said, you just follow. I'm your spiritual master. You have to follow. There are instances of that. But generally Prabhupada would explain why. So you follow this, this, this would convince others. And it should be done because of this. He was constantly preaching to convince people that this is the proper way to act. So it's a point of finding good association. It may be difficult. It may be difficult. Sometimes you get trapped. Someone, someone joins a temple and after they join they find it's not what they might have hoped for. And, and they're, they're trapped in that scenario. They don't even know there's anything else. They're like a goldfish in a bowl. They can't go anywhere else, and, and they're, 
they're mentally trapped because they're told don't associate with anyone else. And these people, all others, all others are bad. And even if they go on a tour to some other temple, they say don't talk with the other devotees. And they'll chastise them if they see them talking with other devotees. It's like a kind of thought police or something. So they, they tie them up like that. Uh, I heard, I don't know if it's true, in one country in Europe they say that if you leave this temple and go to another temple, that means you're, you're out from the parampara. <laughs> this is the, and, and the devotees, I don't know, if they, they don't believe it, I don't think, you know, anyone who reads the books, they can't believe it, but you can't argue with it either. So, these are some of the problems. We're lucky that we can discuss it here. In some places, it would be difficult even to discuss these things because of such an atmosphere. And on hearing it, the, the devotees might suddenly start boom, waking up. There's a saying they used to say about mushroom devotees. You heard that one? Because mushrooms, how do you, you cultivate mushrooms, you keep them in the dark and you feed them with stool. So, mushroom devotees. <laughs> you keep them in the dark or feed them with you tell them all nonsense and bad things, and this way they grow up. And, but they become a mushroom in the mode of ignorance. They don't become a Brahmana who's independently thoughtful. Brahmana independently thoughtful doesn't mean necessarily. We find that, like I was saying, that, 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 that in, the, in America and some of everyone's independently thoughtful and no one follows anything. That's an exaggeration. But it's generally like that. No one wants to follow any authority. They feel all the authorities are cheating. I just, I, I just a few days ago, in a letter, I was, or it was informed to the world of whoever wanted to read it, that because I didn't agree with the writer's um, interpretation of Prabhupada's instructions about feeding the poor, that this is proof that I must be stashing away money to buy a house on the Riviera. Because Harikesha was against poor feeding, and look what he did. So this is proof that B.V. Swami and Swami J. must be doing the same thing. So people become possessed of such poor logic. And they have this, they don't want to follow any authority. Um, and they're very cynical of authorities. But that doesn't help also. Rather, one should find out some devotees who are serious to spread Krishna consciousness and becoming advanced in Krishna consciousness and helping others to come up. It's not difficult. It is, it is difficult. It's not easy to be a leader in Krishna consciousness at the present time because leadership in Krishna consciousness depends on faith. If you're running a factory, you get people to follow by paying them. So in, in many temples, they've found it easier to manage by paying. But that's not leadership in Krishna consciousness. The, the, we can't expect very good development of Krishna consciousness if, if everything is based on a payment principle. 
So actual developments of Krishna consciousness means to inspire people to serve Krishna selflessly. And that can only be done by persons who themselves are serving Krishna selflessly. But it's not easy because the faith has been broken in so many ways. As Prabhupada said, maybe it's an Indian saying, maybe the Indians can say that it's you can't put together a, a cracked glass. Is it an Indian saying? Once once you break you drop a pot on the floor, and how can you put you can try but you can never properly put it together. So it's uh, it's very difficult to get the same kind of faith. I know one is one disciple of mine, very sincere devotee. She's in many ways a much better devotee than me. I mean, she was initiated by Hari Krishna. She she thought, yes, I have to have some guidance and this and that. And so she, I didn't canvass her, and she approached me to again take initiative. And then she was saying afterwards, I. I know it's wrong, but I'm very honest with you. I just can't find the same kind of faith to, to fully give myself like I did before. So it's a very difficult... Anyway, it's difficult to lead in Krishna just because one has to inspire others by one's selflessness. And as the saying goes, you can fool some people all the time and all people some of the time, but you can't fool everyone all the time. So you can make a show of being selfless, but in time that will come to be seen. So it actually, to be a leader in Krishna consciousness actually requires a very high level of spiritual advancement or, or sincerity. So, it is difficult, but it is the only way if people are to be Krishna conscious. Then we have to uh, accept the authority and guidance of those who are Krishna conscious enough to really try to help us to come up and uh, again if we, I, I think we can see that with the what's called the Radhanath Swami group or the Chopati group or whatever they are flourishing because they put people first rather than projects isn't it? I mean even to the point which I don't necessarily agree with that they, they're even against having big temples, it seems. But their emphasis is very much on... Of course, I'm not saying it's their system, their system works perfectly or that it, it, we are living in the material world, but the... Well, Rajanath Swami himself puts the emphasis on, on the systems that's set up there by which um, everyone is trying to help everyone, say, put people for rather than results in terms of book distribution or, or building buildings. And they say, let's make devotees and then everything else will come from that. So, that's also there. Some people have said that the uh, they take care of you so much that the independently thoughtful part is stifled somewhat. But anyway, nothing's perfect in this world. But they, they, their, their response to this... Uh, Seeing the, the uh, many times you've seen in our movement that there's some project and a leader has some ambition, I've got to do this project and push everyone to the, you don't care so much about their spiritual life. 
and then devotees get what's called fried. And the term exists from the hippie era. They get fried out. So again, uh, it's a, we have to see a matter of keeping a balance. We, it, we do one project, and pushing is also good. Prabhupada said this is a pushing movement. My Guru Maharaj is pushing me, I'm pushing you, and you should push others. But the extent of that pushing, how far that should be, you have to see to the benefit of others, spiritual lives. So, again, again there's no perfect formula. However hard we try, we can't satisfy everyone all the time. And it's up to each devotee with his own sincerity to make advancement also. But uh, it re leadership requires a lot of personalism, interacting with people, seeing what their needs are. Again, that has to be delegated at different levels, just like Prabhupada himself didn't deal with all his disciples. It wasn't possible. He delegated it. Many times devotees would come to Prabhupada and Prabhupada would say, see your town president, see your GPC, follow what he says. Just do what he He's following me, you follow him. Many times like that. Because how could Prabhupada personally get into every little detail of every or even any detail of every one of his disciples, because he had so many. So, independently thoughtful, yes, we should see what is the situation. Is there Krishna consciousness here? Can I be benefited here? How, how can we understand and apply this philosophy of Krishna consciousness in all circumstances? We should develop that. And also, that's required to accept some authority, uh, especially those who are living in the ashram, they should follow, there should be good discipline in the ashram. Ashram, it's not ashram. Ashram means work. Ashram means no work. Ashram means more work. <laughs> Intensified work. So, it should be busy. And with some discipline. And those who are Krihasthitabharas living outside, we can't. That sometimes I see that Temple leaders, they expect the congregational devotees to be as soon and just do whatever they say as if they were brahmacharis. But that's not a very intelligent way of dealing with congregational devotees because they are, they're coming from a completely different kind of background and their needs are different. They, they have their family and social responsibilities and... You can't expect them to be, you know, you come to the temple and just do whatever you say, you can go and, go and wash my bicycle or something like this. So these are some of my independent thoughts, sitting on this seat of authority. And now I'll turn it over to all of you to give some of your independent thoughts which are dependent, we hope, on Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Any thoughts? Any comments? Yeah. Maybe we can have this spoken into the mic. Is it?
I don't know, somehow it seemed to me that this system of ISKCON management in India is too centralized, kind of in the, in the matter of the extension centers and uh, so it becomes too centralized actually. And it yeah. kills it instead of facilitating preaching, it kills it yeah. because uh, so. Uh, but you mentioned in during the class that Prabhupada had another uh, view of uh, ISKCON's organization. organization. Yeah. So what's that? What's that? Uh, one office in I don't know exactly the reason for that. I think it's something to do with the laws uh-huh. and the way things are done in India itself. One office in having one office. Head office in Bombay. Yeah. Oh. And other. He put there's he made his Carnatic Society for Christian colleges. He brought away he, he put the whole took the whole temple away from the Bombay office. He says we're following Prabhupada. Wasn't Prabhupada anyway? It's not. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, you see the reason this was done. The extension center system, you can say it's killing pre- preaching. Um, the thing is that we, we have many, many cases in the past of people opening centers, and India's a big country, and they've been away from any authority, unsupervised, and causing a big mess. We have a lot of history of that. And so therefore they made this there have been attempts which have not been successful in the ICC to no more new centers, I think it's a rule that's been there for a few years but it's not followed that there should be no more centers let's try and make the ones we have strong so but uh, it's, it's practically impossible to stop isn't it? the real thing is if you get a capable person that uh even then, they should be seen for some time how they do in a new center because um, it is, you can't say it's stifling the preaching, you know, that, that someone has to beg from 300 kilometers away for permission to do anything. And it is highly centralized, but there's a reason for that also. So it's a difficult one to say what's best. The real thing is that. Devotees should be the leaders. The leaders should be selected very carefully, be very competent people. But for one reason or another, things are as they are now. Yeah, and the thing is that if some capable person does come up. Naturally, they want to do something in Krishna consciousness, but there's often a spirit to keep them down. Be careful, they can get out of hand. And sometimes it's seen the persons who are very competent, and they are very good in getting things done, but they're all, it's also found that later on they're corrupting. So what's the solution? Well, we can say we should have competent leaders, but that you just can't change, you just can't change a, a less competent leader into a more competent leader just by saying it. <laughs> and you never know then what the... Yeah, I mean, Madhu Pandit was the, he was the star. And then he became the, you know, the number one rascal. Yes. 
freeze all over the world and then you just ran off with the whole thing. <laughs> so, I think that was, uh, was the Needs, needs to Look, the most, the most intimate member of a group has the potential to become its worst enemy. It's an obvious thing. Judas, Judas Iscariot, of biblical infamy, in a member of the group. the information in which Jesus could be caught and crucified according to the Christians. According to the Muslims, Jesus was never crucified. It was someone else they put in his place, according to the Quran. <laughs> yeah, anything else? Oh, I mean, all that was missed. Um, you said that you said that uh, that leadership requires uh, personalism, mm. or not only leadership. Actually, all dealings in like in the society in Eskon and Temple should be personal. Yeah, all dealings should be personal. Then, but, yeah, the leader sets the tone, isn't it? The leaders, if the leader sets a tone or, or, or an atmosphere like that, then it will come. Others will. I can't say I'm the best person in this regard myself. <laughs> I'm not. If there, if there's a, if there was a nice ometer that measures how nice you are, I think I'd, I'd come less than 50% by nature. Some people are very sweet by nature. I'm not. I have to admit it. But, uh, you know, maybe it's good that I'm not a temple president. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was temple president and regional secretary, and if I'd have hung in, I could have probably been a GBC. But I got out of it. I thought this is being not good for me and not good for others. So. So-called, too much so-called niceness is also, you know. For a leader, it's, you have to be heavy sometimes. I said to Radhanas, when I just said, yeah, but, uh, it's turned out some heavy dealing I'd had with someone. I said, well, you know, you're a different kind of person. You're, you're very nice. And he told me about some, something they'd done there recently in Chopati, where they, some newspaper had, made some bad article about them and they got really heavy with him and said, hey, you have to give us a whole, you have to give us a whole good article, otherwise we're going to make a case against you and close you down. <laughs> so, be nice when it's required and but you have to know when to be heavy. You have to be ready also to be heavy as required. Yeah. It's easily observed that the, those who has to stay in a temple, they have to follow the authority. So, um, because in mo many cases we find that authorities are not proper authorities. So the, nowadays it's a trend like uh, uh, 
when we encourage devotees to join in temple it becomes difficult for them to think of because the authorities are improper this is why we can just remain as a congregation Yeah, well, join. That is a join where you find it. Don't just walk in with your eyes closed. Find some place where you can join, where you'll be nourished in Krishna consciousness. And you should see. You see what is the atmosphere. How are others developing, if they're developing at all? And you have to see. Isn't it? It's good if people want to join and dedicate their lives or part of it at least to. Krishna conscious movement, that's very good, but you have to join in a place where you can find that you're going to get spiritual nourishment and not just use as a as a free unpaid peon or something. Unpaid pot washing. You stay for some time and go away. And no one cares. Oh no, no, we care. You have to find someone else to wash the pots. <laughs> that's how much you care. Yeah, give the mic. As you mentioned, some uh, organizations or general vendors organizing, they keep some rules, basic rules, just to see that things don't go out of hand. Mm-hmm. So can that, like, from the consciousness point of view, can it be considered to be pranamai, like pranamai, like there is annamai, and is sometimes. I'm not sure. <laughs> there are different gradations, but when an organizational gradations can be seen as anamai, pranamai, dhyanamai, etc. I don't think so. You can say that the whole material world is more or less going on a platform of anamai, pranamai, and at most dhyanamai. Maybe something in the lower. At the best, at the lower levels of Gyanama consciousness. So, organizations may reflect that. Alright, anything else? Yeah. Gift business. Is there a. It is very difficult to set up some system where you can check spiritual uh, advancement of a leader before you put him as a leader. Or is anybody who can check the... You know, generally we have leader is the last last person in the temple and he has no authority. Guru comes here and there, but actually he is... Yeah. So who is the one who checks and how to check and how to develop that system? Leadership in this form. Um, who should be a, who should be appointed as a leader? Well, I mean, um, they should be following basic standards, as Prabhupada mentions here: rising early, following the regulated principles, all these different things. Um, it should be seen that they have good character. They're not thieves. Uh, and ideally they should be competent people. I mean, ISKCON is a worldwide organization. You don't find organizations like HP or IBM or Thomas Cook. They don't just, you know, look around and see who's there and make someone a leader. But they, they carefully choose someone 
and then they, they give training and they give ongoing training also. Even if you're a leader, you have to go for, for further training and supervision is there. So, we don't do that. So, systems are required. Any organization, especially one that's large and widely expanded, needs systems. So we, we, don't, we don't really have good systems in place. There are endeavors to get that in place. Uh, it, should, it should be actually that if someone's to be a town president, they should have a... They have this thing now that you have to have some... You have attended some management course or something like that. So some knowledge of how to manage is also required because you have to deal with legal matters, financial matters, personnel matters, so many different things. You have some competence in management is required. Uh, then uh, it should also be a minimum. I don't think it's there, but you should be at least have a Bhakti Shastri degree. What we often find is that people who are or devotees who are quite materially competent they get a position. They may not be very spiritually competent and they tend to run the temple in a kind of material way according to their material ability. Or even worse, which is also at least as common to someone who is neither spiritually nor materially competent. There's just there's no one else. <laughs> or you get ambitious people, people who are ambitious and like career-oriented, they want to push themselves up. That's also the, they tend to get a position because they they like to take charge, but maybe for the wrong reason. So one should be independently thoughtful enough to see this. What happens is often when people come to Krishna consciousness, they kind of turn the. We try to bring people to Krishna consciousness on the basis of their intelligence. Then often what we find people come, they turn it off when they come to Krishna consciousness, and they think, well, you know, everything must be great and everything must be wonderful. And then later on they find it isn't. So as Prabhupada said, we shouldn't expect utopia, but at the same time we should be somewhat intelligent. Previously I was against talking this kind of thing. It was a generally accepted taboo in our movement not to talk these kind of things publicly and generally. But I've changed my policy now because I feel that devotees need to be educated from the beginning before they so that you can choose your... Be realistic. This movement has very high ideals, and if you follow the principles given by Prabhupada, then certainly you can achieve the perfection of life and go to Krishna. But at the same time, we should know that everything that goes on in the name of ISKCON is not exactly to the, or, or to the standard that Prabhupada wanted, and so we should very carefully see without disrespecting anyone, we should see what is what and choose our association and guidance very carefully so that we can actually make spiritual advancement and not become caught in some cult or someone's someone's mental trip that they want you to be on, someone's semi-material, semi-spiritual ambitions. Find good as Look for and find good association. Yeah, say it in the mic. This is uh, what, what I feel that uh, most of... See the thing? Yeah, I, I was explaining. You say, well, if you say this to new people, they, they may become discouraged. It's true, it's a risk. 
but then they may be, if they come in, they may become more discouraged later, and they may become your worst enemies. The worst enemies of Iskon are not, not the police or the or the politicians. Those who are most against Iskon are those who are previously dedicated members, and there are many of them all over the world. And you may say that they're not all well motivated. It may be, but many have been badly treated, and they they have. You could say they have grounds for being bitter. And it's still going on, mistreatment. I can't say I'm also you know, free of it. Even. <laughs> but uh, it will go on also, because we're living in the material world. But at least by, by discussing these things, we can try to bring things up to a better level. By discussing these things, by being aware of them and by striving to improve, you can try to come up to a better level. But however hard we try, there is going to be some abuse of position. It's, we can't avoid that altogether. But we should uh, try to minimize that. Hmm. Then, please continue. Uh, what what I notice one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons why we have uh, problems with management is that our managers has no any satsanga, no any actually spiritual association of senior devotees. They have no, they don't take it, or they don't want it, or they don't accept it. And this is seen before in my country. Yeah. They were the top leaders, and then when other guru comes, they come for three days, they see a little bit what's going on, and they go away. And they are alone all the time. Nobody to correct them, nobody to advise them, nobody to help them. Or guidance in the first place in yeah. The yeah. And uh, what happened? Nobody is there. No. no one. Everybody left of all those big leaders. And they were capable people, but they had, didn't have any satsanga. They didn't have any authority above them, really, no. who will see that they are spiritually advancing. They were left alone. So here also we see many people, they are giving authority, they are capable, but they are for many years alone. Capable and sincere also. And sincere also. But being many years alone in their own world without proper association, uh, we see that they went some different mm -hmm. concepts and they become yeah. strange and deviated. Mm -hmm. So it's easy just to blame leaders, this one's not good, that one's not good. But, uh... It's not such an easy job. Even here, we are all here alone, on our own. You know. Of course, we are maybe more lucky than other temples, but still. Yeah. Like of um, therefore, again, that principle of not expanding too quickly, boil the milk. You may say it's keeping extension centers under control. It, keeps down the preaching, but on the other hand, expansion brings its own problems, and sometimes things expand very quickly and then they just collapse unless there's proper guidance. Again, I think they have the, the Chopati group, they have a good, because they say they put people first, they, they make sure every person has good training and guidance, and they don't expand very, only when someone's really ready, they, they send them out and and uh, when they send them out to open a new center. And Radhanath Swami himself spends time 
obviously he has so many disciples he can't personally do each one that he has. At least they see him and they attend festivals with him. It's festivals and parikrama, so it's a very it's a very charged. They don't get that much personal association. They can't all get in the sense of personally being with him and talking to him. But uh, they can be with him for, for days on end in a very highly charged atmosphere of Krishna consciousness. So that's good. They're trying. There's nothing perfect. So we have to see what to do. Sometimes Prabhupada would say, someone was, one devotee was complaining to Prabhupada that there's no good association here. Prabhupada said, you become that good association. <laughs> Maybe that's what Gokul Chandra is doing here. He's <laughs> becoming the good association. But it can be a strain also and you have to see. You shouldn't push yourself to the to the point where yourself become pushing, pushing and become exhausted. Prabhupada wanted devotees to come once a year to Mayapur to the festival and chant and dance together. So attending some festivals with devotees, it's all very good. Mayapur festival is good. There's some other elements nowadays which maybe make it not so attractive, but at least some local festivals. If we can attend festival means there should be hearing, chanting. I'm always suggesting that you invite senior devotees, and you are doing, but it's difficult to get them to come. Our movement has expanded very quickly over the number of, and goes on expanding, but the number of mature leaders is not expanding fast enough. So. All our leaders are stretched. Sannyasis are in much demand. I mean, not everyone thinks they're running off to the Riviera tomorrow. Most, most of us have some respect for sannyasis and want them to come. Hare <laughs> Krishna. What's the solution? Be Krishna conscious. Not such an easy... It is an easy proposition, but easy and not easy. Hare Krishna. All glories to His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada.